Social Ventures Australia brings you this podcast from the SVA Quarterly, the leading management publication for the social sector in Australia. Hi, I'm Michelle Goldman, and this podcast, CEO Reflects on Learnings from SSE's Experience in Australia, is based on my experience as CEO of the School for Social Entrepreneurs in Australia in its final year of operation. I share these reflections and learnings in the hope that they can be applied to supporting the social enterprise ecosystem going forward. Founded in London in 1997, the School for Social Entrepreneurs, or SSE, is one of the leading social enterprise development organisations in the world a charity that supports people using entrepreneurial approaches to tackle complex social issues, SSE has supported over 1,400 enterprises in five countries. SSE Australia was one of the first intermediaries in the social enterprise sector in Australia, alongside social traders, and since its establishment in 2009 has supported the development of 450 social entrepreneurs to be more effective change makers. SSC Australia's mission was to inspire and equip changemakers and social entrepreneurs to develop social ventures that foster social and economic participation and by doing so creating a lasting impact within disadvantaged communities. This was achieved through intensive incubator, accelerator and place-based programs delivered over a period of months, enabling social entrepreneurs to build confidence, skills and networks to support them developing sustainable enterprises. What really distinguishes SSE's approach from many other programs is its focus on the development of the individual alongside their venture and the integration of action learning and peer-to-peer support as core pillars of our learning approach. Given the context of starting or trying to establish a venture, Program participants were often very limited in the financial contribution they could make to a program. So our model operated initially with the support of a government grant and subsequently through philanthropic donations and diversifying revenue streams to include corporate sponsorships. Over 84% of alumni were interviewed as a part of a research study in 2016 we're still working on their social enterprises since completing SSC programs. And of those, 25% were in the pilot phases and 29% attempting to scale their ventures. Since SSC Australia set up, the social enterprise sector has evolved considerably, but it's still in its relatively early phase of development. According to the Finding Australia's Social Enterprise sector research, or phases research as it's better known, 60% of social enterprises started operating in the last 10 years. An increasing number of intermediaries have emerged to support this growing sector. Offerings are vast, ranging from intensive incubators of several months duration to shorter workshops to tailored individual consulting. There's no peak body and fragmentation makes it really confusing for social entrepreneurs to navigate. In early 2016, SSE Australia realised that we needed to review the sustainability of our approach. And to do so, we took a step back to better understand the needs of social entrepreneurs. We also considered the broader sector 
and how we might work differently with other providers to address those needs. The qualitative research we undertook clearly indicated room for improvement. In March 2016, we commissioned qualitative research to understand social entrepreneurs' needs to inform future approaches. And this included exploring how we might create value for our alumni and better support them along their journey in developing, scaling their enterprises. The research consisted of 49 in-depth telephone interviews and two focus groups, which were drawn from our pool of around 400 alumni. The overarching finding was that the ongoing and long-term needs of social entrepreneurs are not being met. Developing a social enterprise is a long, challenging, and often quite lonely journey. Whilst participants in the research value the programs on offer by intermediaries, they really spoke to the need for duration, for the support along the duration of their journey. They want continued support over time. Key needs highlighted by a majority of participants included, one, mentoring and coaching, mentored by, 20, uh, by 90% of participants, to help them address and overcome challenges that will inevitably present themselves. Two, networking, mentioned by over 88% of participants, and this included both facilitated and informal opportunities for networking, potentially organised around particular themes for relevance, and social events to connect with like-minded individuals. They really talk to connecting with their tribe, recharging their batteries. And the third, funding, mentioned by 86% of participants, the opportunity to be connected with funders and investors. Other suggestions included alumni programs so they could be connected to their peers, support others through procurement and sharing, and to seek support from those further along the journey than themselves. And they also suggested more educational opportunities via shorter workshops and courses. So the big question, why did SSE decide to wind up? Well, after carefully considering how we might evolve to better meet the needs of the sector and work more cohesively with other players and ensure a sustainable business model, SSE Australia took the decision to wind up operations in late 2016. And there were many compounding factors which contributed to this decision. I will discuss just those that I think might provide valuable learnings for others. SSE Australia had grown over the previous few years and put in place a structure to scale the number of programs delivered. Unfortunately, there was not sufficient recurrent income to achieve this plan growth. Our business model was heavily dependent on corporate sponsorship and philanthropic donations to subsidise programs. And whilst some success had been achieved in building fee-for-service offerings, these were not sufficient to support the cost of an increased operational base. Before taking the decision to wind up, we also explored opportunities to merge with existing providers to protect the assets that have been developed. Our brand, our database, our relationships and contracts we had to deliver programs. And to ensure that support for early stage social entrepreneurs would continue to be available to the Australian community. Whilst this did not eventuate, conversations with other intermediaries was illuminating and definitely contribute to the views that I'm sharing with you now around potential focus areas to continue to evolve and strengthen the sector. So reflections and learnings from SSE Australia. 
As a microcosm of a larger ecosystem, I think our experience provides lessons that may be relevant to the broader sector and indeed to other social entrepreneurs. So one, considering the broader context in which you operate. SSC Australia had sought to scale operations and developed a base to support the delivery of an increased number of programs in a variety of areas across Australia. But were these growth ambitions realistic? We found there was neither the required number of social entrepreneurs at a stage ready to participate in an intensive accelerator, nor the funding support required to subsidise the planned number of programs. And this put real pressure on the fixed cost base that we had created and subsequently initiated a review of our business model. In hindsight, we might have given greater consideration to the broader context in which we were operating to ensure growth objectives were feasible in what is a constantly changing environment. Two, knowing the market and their needs. To be successful, an organisation needs to first and foremost solve a problem, meet an identified need and do so sustainably. Insights about customers and their needs has to drive the evolution of programs and services. There needs to be a clear value proposition to customers. SSE Australia's research identified valuable insights. And perhaps, if conducted earlier, there may have been a longer lead time to evolve our programs and services. So how might the sector focus on and respond to the needs of social entrepreneurs to drive their evolution of current programs and support services available? Three, maintaining agility to be able to respond to a changing marketplace. Our core offering was intensive programs, which involved a long lead time to secure funding, recruit suitable participants, develop and plan tailored programs, and deliver them over a period of months. Committing to a number of programs and a high fixed cost infrastructure to support anticipated growth made it very difficult to react quickly when it became clear to us that the model needed to change. Resources were largely directed to ongoing commitments rather than being available for a flexible response to a changing environment. How might the broader sector structure itself to be agile and able to change direction in response to market needs? Four, demonstrating the value that social entrepreneurs and intermediaries in the sector contribute in both economic and social terms. SSE Australia undertook a comprehensive evaluation of its programs in 2012 to identify the short-term outcomes achieved in its first few years of operation. And that evaluation provided good indication that program aims were being achieved. In 2016, our final year, we explored how we could evaluate the longer-term outcomes for program participants and their enterprises. It would have been invaluable to have an estimate of the social and economic value created by SSE's alumni and their enterprises to validate the organisation's value in building the sector capacity. And no doubt that would have certainly supported funding approaches with internal and external stakeholders. But those are not easy measures to obtain. It would also be useful to identify and better understand the characteristics of those who went on to establish successful enterprises. And conversely, the characteristics of those who didn't, 
to inform more deliberate recruitment strategies and program design and to be able to maximise return on investment. Five, resisting the temptation to be led by funders rather than the market. When funding is scarce, it is easy to be led by funders' needs in designing programs and services. Many not-for-profits can relate to this, I'm sure. SSE Australia applied for a philanthropic grant from an organisation with a particular interest in creating employment opportunities for youth in Western Sydney. Previously, SSE Australia had chosen to work with older cohorts who had amassed some life experience they could draw on. In this instance, the young cohort proved to be outstanding and they're operating a number of enterprises that is delivering value to their local communities. However, developing networks in a new market to identify talent was extremely resource intensive and diverted key people away from other important projects. So whilst the outcome was good in this instance, ideally organisations confirm market needs and costs before committing to delivering programs. Six, consolidating growth to ensure a base for further growth. SSE Australia had plans to continue the positive growth trajectory of recent years. However, we hadn't consolidated the systems, knowledge and practice to establish the requisite base for further sustainable growth. And staff turnover meant a significant amount of invaluable organisational knowledge was lost. So how might the sector consolidate learnings and experiences to establish a strong base of knowledge, insights, and capability to support the ongoing healthy development of the entire sector. A thriving sector will create a healthy market in which intermediaries in turn can further develop their, their businesses and support. And seven, the final reflection, building the pipeline of social enterprises. SSE Australia played a critical role in developing the confidence and skills of early stage social entrepreneurs. And this helped to build a pipeline for other intermediaries whose focus is on supporting more developed enterprises to achieve sustainability or attract investment. The development of early stage social entrepreneurs is a critical part of the ecosystem. And without SSE Australia building the pipeline, there will be less of a market for those offering support down the track. Others may need to invest in early stage development to build their own pipelines, i.e. in a sense vertically integrating their programs. And this may indeed be a better model for the sector than one organisation having it as their sole focus. Given that participants are limited in the fees they can pay, the resulting business model is necessarily highly dependent on philanthropy, grants and sponsorships. So a vertically integrated organisation, this dependency is reduced. So looking forward, some questions to ponder. Building on current approaches to further strengthen the sector. Einstein says insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Current approaches have got the sector going, but what is required for its continued evolution? Efforts, of course, need to be directed at external factors such as government policy, access to funding and investment, etc., etc. But there are other factors within the control of intermediaries and social entrepreneurs. What might a vision for the sector look like? 
what would a strong and thriving social e enterprise ecosystem look like? What are the characteristics and conditions or enablers that would support the social enterprise ecosystem to thrive? And conversely, what are the factors or barriers holding it back? Some key principles I would like to suggest need to underpin our collective efforts. One, a sector that puts consumer needs first and which effectively and efficiently responds to the market needs. Our research clearly demonstrates that social entrepreneurs are trying to navigate the sector to access a variety of supports. And two, having the ability to clearly demonstrate the value the sector contributes in both economic and social terms and specifically the contribution intermediaries play. It's time to consider a sector approach to measuring value. So how do we get there? Well, a year immersed in the world of social enterprise gave me great insights into whole new ways of working, ways in stark contrast to traditional and more conservative approaches of the not-for-profit sector. Given the need for the social enterprise sector to orient itself more strongly around the needs of those it seeks to serve, I believe it would be beneficial to consider how the ecosystem can be redesigned to better meet the needs of both social enterprises and social entrepreneurs. And it could be worthwhile employing design thinking principles to optimise the system for those for whom it's designed. And this would ensure a system which is easier to navigate, offers effective support and delivers better outcomes. I believe further progress will be accelerated if existing intermediaries consider how they can leverage the broader system and work more cohesively to ensure a more coordinated and collaboratively functioning ecosystem. A collective impact approach may be useful to guide this work, convening all willing stakeholders, defining a shared vision and goals, and activating all parts of the broader ecosystem to achieve measurable progress against these goals over time. Adopting different and innovative approaches will ensure the sector continues to adapt and evolve to effectively support the development of sustainable social enterprises going forward. Related podcasts and articles can be found on the SVA quarterly site, www.socialventures.com.au forward slash SVA hyphen quarterly forward slash.